Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mom Hour, and welcome to a very special series we're doing this week about holiday shopping. I'm Megan Francis, and I'm here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. Yes, we are back in your feed this week for another three-part series. And this time, like you said, it's all about holiday shopping. So similar to last week, if you listened, these episodes will drop today, tomorrow, and Friday, and they'll each be a little bit shorter than a regular episode, just enough to keep you company this week. Yeah. And if you're listening to these right when they drop, that means we'll be with you through the entire Thanksgiving holiday. You know, we hear from listeners that you really like the episodes that air right on or right around the holidays because other shows tend to take those days off. But here's the thing. We know that even though it's Thanksgiving, we're like still moms. Um, (laughs) We're still running to the store. We're up nursing a baby in the middle of the night, frantically cleaning for house guests or whatever. So we're here to keep you company this week. I love that. We are. We are here for you. And we can take a break, you know, sometime in the future, right, Megan? Someday? <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. So today to kick off this holiday shopping series, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things, the planning and the organizing. Yeah, this is mostly going to be you, Sarah. I will just be sitting back like, I guess, basting a turkey or something, just listening. <laughs> but before we dive in, we want to thank our sponsor for the special holiday shopping series, Privacy Guard. It's crazy this time of year how our spending behavior changes. And for me, that includes doing a lot more on-the-go purchasing using my phone. Yes, you're so right. We've got these great little devices in the palms of our hands. And I have absolutely picked out stocking stuffers, like while waiting in the pickup line at school. It's really convenient, but it also means that our data and our information is being used on even more devices than usual. Yeah. And with teenagers and in a divorced family, we even have multiple family members using the same credit cards to shop online and make purchases but on different devices. It can be hard to keep track of. Privacy Guard is a credit monitoring and identity theft protection service. And get this, when you're a member, you get access to their digital protection app and a secure keyboard and secure browser, which means you can feel more confident shopping on your device or multiple devices this holiday season. The secure keyboard in Privacy Guard's app operates just like a normal keyboard, only it encrypts keystrokes, which makes it more difficult for potential hackers to read what you're typing. It allows you to surf, share, shop, and bank with more confidence on those mobile and tablet devices. Yeah, that secure keyboard is fantastic. Along the same lines, the secure browser safeguards your internet browsing on your PC or mobile device, which just adds that extra layer of security during this busy season. Getting started with Privacy Guard is easy. They even updated their site, and with their updated navigation, it makes enrolling a breeze. You sign up online, and once you're a member, you can download the Privacy Guard digital protection app at no additional charge from the App Store or Google Play. Again, to learn more, check out our sponsor, Privacy Guard, and their digital protection app at privacyguard.com. So, Sarah, we always like to do some kind of special holiday content. And when we were planning the series, we did briefly think about like gift ideas and gift guides, but those are just everywhere already. We've actually already done them already. Mm -hmm. And we thought it might even be more helpful to give general shopping and gifting tips that work no matter what your budget or who's on your list. I like this too, um, because like you said, I feel like I get a different gift guide in my inbox from a different brand all the time. And they're useful. They're helpful. But I love that we're approaching this more from, um, it's like your holiday shopping pep talk. We're going to talk about how we buy and what our kind of strategies and philosophies are. And so that That works for you, no matter where you are in the process. And as you mentioned, we do have a great uh, gift guide that was in the form of bonus episodes from a couple of years ago, and we keep the links list current. So I'll link to that if you are looking for specific product ideas. We've got those for you. So you are covered there as well. 
But today is really more about how we decide what to buy and what almost the psychology of our purchasing decisions looks like during the holiday season. So Megan, I'm curious, like, what does this whole, I'm going to get it all done early and then I'm going to be done philosophy feel like to you? Like, how does that feel to you when I say, oh, I'm halfway done with my shopping and it's only mid-November? Because there are people out there who swear by that. So mid-November doesn't bother me as a concept. <laughs> um, I admit that it's a little jarring when I hear about people buying and stocking away Christmas gifts in like July. Like it just, I don't care. I'm not mad about it, but it just doesn't compute for me because I'm not in the mood. So if I'm not in the mood, I don't really want to shop. Okay. Um, and shopping, like shopping wouldn't put me in a mood I'm not ready to be in, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I will say by mid-November, I'm thinking about gift buying. Like I'm thinking about thinking about gift buying. So I know that it's coming. Sometimes if I see a great deal on something, I may have made a purchase or two. But typically I wait until December. And I mean like, you know, after the first week of December to go full on. And, mm-hmm. and no surprise. I mean, I kind of like the organized chaos of a short buying window. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy of that matches the way I do most things. And so I don't personally feel stressed about not being done shopping before December, nor do I feel relief in getting it done early. Just it's kind of a neutral. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And like you said, it matches your personality. Um, We're going to get into that a little bit more. Um, I would say if you know me or think you know me, you would assume I get it all bought, purchased, wrapped and checked off the list as early as possible. And I think I think I'm a little bit of both. I do enjoy, and we're going to talk about this. I enjoy getting, um, getting my lists made and kind of like a, an overall view of my buying for that season. I enjoy starting to think about that, like in early November and having a conversation with my husband about it and starting to shop around, but I've never been one to purchase a lot. Um, and definitely not wrap and do everything super ahead of the game either. So I think it's more of the the stuff that happens in my head and on my computer, the thinking and the planning, um, I'm, I'm up for that, like right after Halloween. But I don't know that um, I've never pulled off a holiday where I'm done, done ahead of time. And so I'm, I'm still always out there doing the last minute stuff with everybody else. I think I just start thinking about it earlier. So what does that thinking and planning look like for you? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) I have a feeling there's going to be software involved. There's a spreadsheet. Um, (laughs) It is a Google spreadsheet. And so I'll just kind of walk you through what my brain needs to see for my planning. And this would look different depending on your situation. I have three kids. Um, I have they have grandparents on. They have three sets of grandparents who are generous and would like to give a gift. And then they get gifts from mom and dad and each other. Um, and so I need to see each kid and I need to see a list of what they're receiving from everyone. Um, and even though I'm not buying the grandparent gifts, I'm probably the one giving the hints or the ideas. So it helps me to keep track of, you know, what I told them that the kids might like, or Mm -hmm. they might, they might have their own ideas and then I'll have them tell me and I'll put it down because it helps with the overlap, right? Like, so someone doesn't get five of similar Lego sets or whatever. So I kind of have I think you can see my spreadsheet, Megan, and I'm happy to link up a a sample, but each kid kind of has their own list. And then it would be who the gift is from mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, et cetera, kind of down the left-hand side. And then um, I would use that to brainstorm ideas, but pretty soon I go from ideas to execution. Um, And then this year I added handy little check boxes so that I can know if I actually bought it and if it's been received. Cause you know, when you get a little closer to the holiday and like, you, you check it off in your mind because you think you decided on it, but then you forgot to actually 
order it or yes. it's got lost in the mail and you you it's too late because you didn't realize it wasn't, you know, in one of those pile of boxes. So, yeah. This is really pretty. Isn't it? <laughs> it I, is very pretty. I'm yeah. Especially I'm especially proud. The other thing that I have um so there's the three kids and then there's a list of what we as a family are giving to others. And so that would be we're giving to the grandparents, the aunts and uncles. Um, and sometimes we do like a family secret Santa or something like that. And so that kind of gets its own list. We're not each individually buying for those people as a powers family. We're getting something for each of those people. Um, and some of those involve shipping. So we're going to get into that a little bit, uh, a little bit later, but, um, and then finally I make a list of all the kind of helpers as I call them. So teachers, um, the lady who does my hair, the lady who cleans our house once a month, like all of those things. I just like to have, I like to have the list all in one place. I really only get them gift cards or money, but it's still helpful. So I don't forget someone. So that's kind of what it looks like. If you're looking at it right now, Megan, it's almost like five, uh, five, five different, um, yep, five yep. Lists. little squares. Right. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I would say the way I interact with this spreadsheet is not that I'm in there constantly making updates. It's more that making it once helps my brain feel calm. And then I might go in there once a week because throughout the week I might have purchased some Amazon things or seen some other right. things. So even though it's this like very spreadsheety looking thing, I still have little handwritten notes scrawled in my notebook or like little texts sent back and forth to the grandparents. Like it's not a perfect system, but it is my like at a glance situation. Well, okay. So it may surprise you to know that I, I also keep a spreadsheet. Um, mm-hmm. It is nothing like this. But one of the things that really pops out at me is that I just have way fewer people buying for my kids. And I am, we are buying for way fewer people yeah. as a family. We tend to, and this is kind of by design, buy. Um, so John and I buy for our kids. We don't buy for anybody else's kids, like at all. That was a family rule because there's mm-hmm. so, there's 16 nieces and nephews on one side or cousins on one side. And, um, we just thought that that would be crazy pants. So we do not do gifts for any other kids. Um, and we will buy for like John's mom. I think that might be even the only elder that we typically all buy for like together as like kids and family. Mm -hmm. So like, it just, I think this level is awesome. I don't know that it would be helpful to me (laughs) as much. So my spreadsheet is just the kids Mm -hmm. and it's really, and and we didn't even used to do that, but I did realize that especially as they moved like some are in a different age range than others. And it started to become much less about going out and getting each kid three, you know, toys or whatever that Mm -hmm. were sort of the same in a book. Like that's kind of how it was till they were I don't know, going into like their like 12, 13, 14, some of them. And then the kinds of gifts you end up getting for kids at different ages are so different that I would get to Christmas day and be like, oh my gosh, like this pile is way like, this is really unequal. Mm-hmm. Or how does it that only that Isaac has two things and like Jacob has six? Well, it's because mm-hmm. Isaac's is a guitar, right? But like I could have bought him some picks and wrapped him up, you know, something yep. like that. So I need to see like the columns and just kind of be able to at a glance know that it's relatively even, mm-hmm. although we're not all about everything being even Steven all the time, especially with older kids. It's yeah. just, that's helpful. Um, anything else that I was giving, like if I was doing a list of gifts for teachers or something like that, I would probably keep it on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything I buy for anybody else in my life, including you, <laughs> it might happen once every three years. Mm-hmm. I do not buy stuff for ever the same list of people every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is much more sporadic and based on, I don't know. And I guess kind of just spur of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've almost, 
made a practice out of doing it that way to take some of the stress off. Myself. I love that. I think, yeah. that's, I think that's great. So you've got a lot of gifts that you're buying. Yes. Are you as strategic about the shopping and like, when do you do it? Well, yeah, I think that's interesting. So as, as a far ahead as I like to make the list, I have had this weird thing where I've kind of wanted to wait. I don't know what part of me wanted to wait, maybe wait for some sales, wait to see if I find like the perfect thing or almost wait until the list is complete. And that has gotten me in a little trouble in the past. I know uh, tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about shopping handmade and maker and really mm-hmm. unique gifts. And those are not on the Amazon two day plan. I right. will tell you. <laughs> yes. So this year, and also the shopping season is shorter this year. This year, I have made a concerted effort to just pull the trigger on purchases. If I like it, if it fits something I need on the list, I have just hit purchase. Um, my mm. goal is to drive some of the gifts up uh, to my parents' house when we're there for Thanksgiving this week. So I am feeling more ahead than usual this year, but I, w- I will say that the shopping of the, when I pull the trigger has not been as strategic. And I would say it's even been a little confusing because I'll get it all organized in the list. And then, um, for example, let's say something on the list was general that I could get anywhere. Like, let's say it was, um, you know, like a fleece or something like a warm sweater. Well, I still have to go find the right thing. Am I going right. to go to the mall? Am I going to shop online? And that can take a lot of time and like, it almost doesn't help that I had an idea on the spreadsheet. So this year, I would say I've done more online shopping than worrying about filling the list out completely. Does that make sense? It does. Um, I, I guess, are you the one doing all the shopping for your immediate family or is Brian doing it? Do you split it up? Do you do it together or is it mostly you? I do it all. I do, do it all. all except for whatever he buys for me. That's not true. He does. Um, he always finds some thoughtful little things for the kids. He's a very good gift giver. Um, he's just doesn't think ahead as much. He would be more um, like you. He's a very yeah. intuitive, thoughtful, and and he loves it too. Um, it's funny. Brian's work takes him into malls quite a bit. He he works in um he goes to visit these offices that tend to be right by nice shopping areas. So he will find himself and he's great at picking out gifts. Um, mm. but he doesn't do this kind of planning that I do. Yeah. And I shop even for his family. Oh, wow. Do it. I kind of remember that actually when we did, when I was still married, we would do a week, a yearly, um, for John's siblings, we would do like a, a swap. So we would like, all mm-hmm. you know, pick a name out of a hat, whatever yeah. kind of a thing, but I would end up doing the shopping for both. And yeah. I always find that kind of gift giving to be so stressful, especially when it was like, you know, my sister-in-law's husband. Yes. I yes. don't really know that well. And I mean, I guess I could go to the, that, that kiosk in the middle of the store that has all the dude (laughs) gifts and just pick a dude gift and hope he doesn't already have it. And that's, I think why, I think that's probably why my extended family on my side stopped doing that stuff. Cause even when we know each other super well, we don't know what each other has or needs. So yeah. Okay. So we've established Megan that you are quite different from me. So I would actually like to learn a little bit from you because one of the downsides of all this planning um, is that I think sometimes I lose the ability to just browse and yeah. enjoy that kind of more intuitive process. So if you're not, I mean, you talked about your spreadsheet, but um, where do you get your ideas for what to get the kids? Do you spy on them? Do you browse catalogs? Do you actually go into shops? Like where do you get your ideas for what to get people? So the kids all have very, very specific ideas about what they want. Um, the speci- like specificity often surprises me as does how often they change. Like the list will be super specific in October and then change dramatically into November and then change again, which is another reason why I don't like to shop too early. 
um, because it feels like a bit of a moving target, especially with all the fall birthdays that go on in my house. You have to remember that there's now two opportunities for them to get the thing they decided they want in August. (laughs) They they could put on their birthdays. And different kids work the strategy differently. Like (laughs) some kids are kind of working the price point. It's just a very interesting thing to watch the kids do. So I really have to kind of go back to them in early December and say, okay, you guys have been jotting down all this stuff and dropping all these hints. Could you just make a new list and tell me what you really want? Um, So really the list is going to provide the lion's share of inspiration, but I do like to get at least one, just like mom liked the looks of this kind of thing Mm -hmm. gift or... I wanted to go to the art, sh- the art store and buy a bunch of supplies for Clara gift or whatever. So um, when it comes to that kind of inspiration, like I really do better just going into stores and looking, which can take some time. Um, do you, can I jump in and ask a yeah. question about um, online browsing? Are you the sure. type to peruse like a well-curated gift guide that lands in your, in, in your email or like a, um, you know, like go even go to Amazon or go to another major real t- retailer and browse online? Or is the online more of a means to an end for you? Online is purely a way to get it into my hands more easily. Okay. So you're um, not a browser. I, I, I'm not a browser. I, like I hate browsing, browsing websites. I do not like to do that at all. I do like gift guides, but I, it's kind of funny. I will sometimes get a gift guide and just gloss over when I look at it. Like it, it's like I'm reading a different language or something. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, I'm look until I can touch the thing and see it with my eyes up close. I don't often understand really what it does. Okay. Um, especially if it's anything technical, like there's a lot of techie gifts for kids yeah. that are, you know, like a programming kit or this yeah. or that. And I feel like when I'm just reading, unless someone else describes to me with their mouths, like word of mouth is a big one for me. <laughs> okay. But if someone describes to me what it does, then I get it. But if I'm just like reading a like description of it online, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't understand what's happening. So I am much, much better just going into a store um, or hearing from another person who bought something and liked it. Like that word of mouth description, um, like probably listening to a podcast of people doing a gift guide would be way better for me than reading a gift guide or looking at the description online. Yeah. Um, And so for for browsing, I sometimes find myself at a bit of a loss. Like I don't even know, like where I I to go to Amazon. I'm not even sure I would always know like where to look. Like, I don't feel like that comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the kids, like, I'll just kind of pay attention to the kids and it'll be something random. Like an infomercial comes on with some random, like CS on TV thing. And they look all excited. Like that sometimes happens. Like there's that little moment of kismet. Would you um, write it down right away? If no, that happened, I would, would you just more likely it? I would more likely I'd forget it yeah, until the, next, the following year, but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes it works out. And when it does, it feels like a little bit of magic. Yeah. Um, and then for the people who aren't my kids, it's usually like I'm out buying and I just think, gosh, it's been a few years since I've gotten anything for so-and-so. I think I'm going to pick them up something. Remember that audiogram I got you a few years ago? Yes. Was it called audiogram? I don't think it was, but it was a piece of art uh, from an audiogram from the, yeah, that's right. the that's squiggly right. lines that if you're working sound like a squiggly line, it also kind of looks like a heart monitor. Same thing like yes. that up and down because I've had people ask me if that print is someone's heartbeat. <laughs> Yes. Um, and Megan got me the the visualized audiogram on a canvas. So it's gray with white squiggly lines. And it's of us saying we're not perfect. We're real from our intro. Like most that, thoughtful gift ever. So that was a, a, a random moment of inspiration where I probably saw it someplace. Like it probably popped up on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm going to look that up right now. And I'm going to start the order. Right, It was not in a place where I could even complete the order. I didn't have the sound clip or anything, but I got, I opened it in my browser and like left the tab open 
and ordered it like that week. Now that doesn't, not all those pieces always come together for me. And I don't often have that kind of inspiration. So it might more like be like, I'd really like to do something nice for my sister this year. And if I see something that pops out at me, you know, I'll grab it. And often when I'm in that frame of mind, I will see something that pops out at me. Sometimes it's a little more random. So yeah, yeah. that means kind of spending a lot of time in unique shops that just because that's, that's where I'm likely to see something and tactily touch it and Mm -hmm. like it. It doesn't happen for me the same way. No, I I mean, I relate to that. I actually do enjoy browsing and I enjoy looking at gift guides. I think what I struggle with is what you're talking about, which is when you do have an idea or somebody mentions something, I think I will remember it later and I just have the hardest time doing it. So I've tried a couple of different things. I know people love Pinterest, Pinterest, like pinning. I need a visual way to save stuff. And I know there's a million things for this. Um, I, I do have that spreadsheet, but sometimes the the time between when I think of the thing and when I think to open the spreadsheet, it's already gone. If yeah. you mentioned Instagram, Instagram does have that save. It's a, it looks like a little bookmark. And that has been good because I do feel like more brands are advertising on Instagram. I've saved some of those, but then you got to remember to go back and look at your saves. Like you could bookmark it in your browser. There's like a million, you can use like Evernote or one of those like list keepers. I've just never found the one way and I'm not talking about my my overall planning because I've got that. I'm talking about when you get the little flash of an idea and you don't want to forget it for later. Yes. I don't have a good, I don't have a perfect solution yet, but I'm working on it. You're working on it. And we're definitely going to get into because I do shop more in real life and you shop more online and you're better at shopping online. That's um, going to be something that we tackle in depth tomorrow in yes. our episode two from the series. But I do know what you mean. Like there's a difference between planning and acting on inspiration. And I'm not unlikely to act on inspiration because, because the spontaneity can work in my favor sometimes where I'm like, drop everything and buy this thing. (laughs) Right. It doesn't matter what else I was supposed to be doing today, but I just feel like the connection does get lost. Yes. often, And we're so, we're so busy. It requires a little bit of both. There's like advanced planning where you put your list together and then there's the spontaneous. So let's move on and talk about last minuteness, like true last minuteness, because let's say you're a mom listening to this and you didn't catch it the week it dropped. And now it's like December 15th. And you're like, well, I have not even started. I haven't had a day off. I just had a baby. So let's talk through um, some of the upsides to last minuteness. And I can go first because I probably have a little less experience being truly last minute. (laughs) But um, there was a period of my life where I was performing. I was a ballet dancer, for those who don't know. And I always performed in the Nutcracker all the way through my mid-20s, even when I was a young adult. I didn't have kids yet. Um, And shows would go till like December 18th, 19th routinely. And I never, ever started, not even started my holiday shopping Till after that. And I just would tell myself, like, it's not going to happen until the show closes. Um, and there was something kind of freeing about that. Now, again, I didn't have children, so my life was very different. But I, what I did have was this flurry of activity, December 21 to 3, where I got it all done. And even since having kids, there's been a couple years where I've gotten behind. And I will just, you know, when the malls start opening early, the last week before Christmas, they'll open. And you guys know I'm a, you know, I'm an early bird. I like to have my coffee and I can get so much done in the first half of the day. And I will get up and go to the mall at like 830 in the morning and beat everybody there, even though it's the week before Christmas and get a whole bunch done. So I, I am not opposed. I think if, if you're feeling um, crunched, it's almost like you have to give in to the last minuteness and then just enjoy it because you can't go back and not be last minute. You're already there. Right. Yeah, you are. And I think that for me, there's tons of upsides to it. Actually, Mm -hmm. I love last minute shopping. There have been times I've pulled it all together in two days. And (laughs) there is something actually really fun and energizing about that rush of pulling it all together. Um, If you're not too, too last minute, 
things like Amazon Prime mean that, I mean, it doesn't even necessarily affect us the way now as it did, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago. You don't have to suffer through the mall with like a baby and a toddler or whatever, or even just being at the mall when everyone else in the world is there. Like you can even skip all that, even if you start late. So here's the things I like the upsides I see. The later you buy, the less of a window you have to worry about the gifts being discovered. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think you're less likely to have that budget creep. This happens to me when I start to shop too early Mm -hmm. where I literally forget what I've already bought or I buy too much because I just keep seeing cool things and I kind of like wish I hadn't gotten the first thing, but it's already wrapped. So I'm just going to add on that. I have to add on for everybody. You know what I mean? So some that that is easy to do. And sometimes the longer of an on-ramp or a window you give yourself, um, the more likely that stuff is to happen. And I also just think that there's something, there can be something really fun if you just, like you said, kind of lean into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really never too late until like seven o'clock on the 24th. Cause they will start, <laughs> the malls will start to close. I'm just letting you know. I, I uh, one year, this is such a funny memory, but I, all of our shopping was done. It was when, let's see, William was a baby or maybe Owen was a baby. So I had like a whole house full of little kids and the shopping was done. The wrapping was done. Everything was done. And John and I decided to take the kids to see Elf. So whatever year that came out. Okay. Um, I think Owen might've been like a babe in arms. And I love that saying, by the way, babe in arms. Um, but we forgot to go grocery shopping. Oh my gosh. So we went to see a movie at, at six o'clock and came out of the movie at eight and everything was closed. Oh wow. And we were supposed to have my sister over. Oh no. So like, I think I had a bag of frozen chicken breasts (laughs) and we went to the quality dairy, which is like, um, kind of like a gas station cafe. Like a Circle K? Yeah, like a Circle K. Yeah, okay. And got rolls. And I want to say like instant mashed potatoes and some kind of frozen vegetable. And my sister was not amused. Um, (laughs) I mean, it was fine. It's just exactly the kind of thing she would have done. So she got over it. But I remember I had been like, I'll cook dinner. Like you can come over. And then I just forgot to buy food. That's so So, funny. Anyway, there there is a time where you will not be able to like, shop anymore um but it might be later than you think i feel like i went to walgreens after christmas eve services a couple times to pick up tape and stuff yeah so yep yeah there's always something there's always (laughs) more time yes and i think i think it's an attitude shift and a leaning in as opposed to like beating yourself up that you didn't get it done in november so exactly yeah totally yeah exactly all right sarah so you gave a lot of tips do you have any final takeaways from that planny planny brain of yours planner plannerson um yes. well i mentioned the first one and that is you can do this anytime during the season and that is to make a list of all the thank you helpers that you want to do anything for even if it's a five dollar starbucks gift card or a little handwritten note um when my first few years of motherhood these used to really sneak up on me um the teacher here the assistant teacher over here the dance teacher and First, let me be clear. You do not have to do appreciative things for any of these people. This is like if if you feel like it, great. If you don't, it's okay. They really they'll be just fine. But um, what I'm trying to help moms avoid, I guess, is getting to that last day of school and really realizing like, oh, I really meant to do it for this person and I forgot. So one big exhaustive list of all the helpers. And then I like to do those in big batches. So a whole bunch of gift cards, maybe in different amounts, because not every relationship is equal or a whole bunch of cash. Um, I usually buy a holiday card that's different from the one we would mail out, like not the photo card of our family, but something cute and inexpensive that folds that I can write a nice note in, buy a whole bunch of those. And you can batch those whenever you want. You could do it last minute, but it helps to know 
For me, it helps to know like when's the time I'm going to see that person, like the last time in December that I could give them this appreciative gift. So that's if you have one takeaway gift, that is one of them. Um, And then two, just remember if you are shipping out of town, it's always helped me to prioritize the shopping and the choosing of the gifts that I have to ship across the country. I usually give myself a little like a personal deadline, like somewhere around December 10th is about the latest I want to go. And it always feels like it's just me and my UPS store and this big box. But I always feel the biggest surge of like holiday spirit when that Connecticut box is shipped (laughs) off to Connecticut, because then it's everything else is local and it just feels like a different shopping and buying experience after that. So prioritize those that you have to give first. Obviously, you have to shop first for those. Um, And then this is something new for me this year. I got this from Kelsey at the Girl Next Door podcast, who is more of a planner and more intentional about things than I am, like way more. Um, And she gives herself a day like a like a like a get in the holiday spirit day earlier in December um, where she wraps, bakes, shops and doesn't and like blocks the calendar for anything else. So either she has childcare or her kids are in school when she was working full time. She actually used to take the day off of work. Um, so I am going to try that this year. I have a day blocked where I'm going to just, and and it's meant to be fun. It's not meant to be like, let's just be as productive as possible, but like put on the music, do some, I'm going to do some baking on my own because baking Mm. with my kids is not the same as baking by myself. No, it is not. Um, wrap. I don't really like to wrap presents. We're going to talk about that uh, later in the week, but, um, just have a whole day to myself where I can, have the more experiential parts of this rather than just pecking away at a spreadsheet on my computer, like see it all come to fruition and with much music playing in the background. So those are my, I love that. I love that, especially because I, the baking part, <laughs> I find that I tend to think the baking will just happen. Yeah. Like in a, like an evening when the kids are home from school and what will happen, we will definitely have cookies made for them to decorate. That mm-hmm. will happen. Even if I have to do it out of a log. Right. But I won't necessarily make the time for the baking I want to do. Mm hmm. You know, if there's something, someone else I have to bake for, I will find time to do that. But like, I really like to make shortbread and I probably only make it once every third year because I just don't give myself the time. Yeah. So that's like, I really like that. I have a follow-up question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, would you, or will you <laughs> ever <laughs> purchase gifts that you don't have to personally wrap and ship? Uh, can you give an example? Like having something sh- wrapped and shipped from Amazon with a oh, card or it. something like that. Yes, I have. I do that. I tend to do that more for little birthdays or other times a year, nieces and nephews, little stuff. Um, the holiday feels, it feels easier to have it shipped to my house. See, Like you were talking about seeing everything all together, yeah. wrapping it and shipping once. It's certainly more expensive, but I have been right. on the receiving end of a lot of things shipped to my children from Amazon. And I understand that it's totally convenient and I really don't mind most of the time, but at the holidays, I don't want to put it on my in-laws or anybody else to unbox and like figure out who something's to, and maybe it's wrapped or maybe it's in one of those weird Amazon blue bags. Okay. So I'm not opposed to it, but I haven't, that hasn't been the way I've done it. You haven't done that way. I will say I I get very few gifts that way, but um, every year my stepmom sends to whichever house is hosting because we rotate through after mm-hmm. Christmas, um, my brothers and sister, we always go to one of our houses or two of our houses or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my stepmom will have a big box of like English muffins and fancy breads. Oh, that's fun. And things like that. And it's not Harry and David, but it's okay. like one of those. I'll yes. ask her because I really love what they do and like jams and jellies. And that's always such a treat because it's like always the time of year 
that I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a house full of people yes. or Jenna's thinking that and like I have to shop. And then you just get this big box. With That's a, a bunch super of- thoughtful. That's a super yeah. thoughtful thing to do. I haven't had occasion to give like that. I have been on the receiving end. We have one family friend who sends a beautiful poinsettia, like a big one. And I look forward to that every year. Um, or like you said, the the collections of cheeses or jams or whatever, or a centerpiece. Um, I've yes. also, not to me personally, but I think at a house I've been at Christmas dinner at, somebody had sent. So that's a really thoughtful thing. I like that a lot. Things like that or like those big things of popcorn. I mean, they might mm-hmm. seem kind of cheesy. They're so like, in a way, obvious, but they, we don't get a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, And it's not the kind of thing I would think to go buy myself. Like. Right a huge tin of fancy popcorn or whatever yes. it is. And it's such a like little treat to get that. I just think that those gifts can be like when in doubt, sometimes just leaning in on the kind of easy thing that's set up and ready for you yes. to do. And that the fun. way you, when you asked it, I, my mind went right to like shipping from Amazon or something like right. that, which feels well, so one way to, It is one yeah. way, but I think a, a lot of what you're talking about, they make the, even the delivery and the packaging feel really special. Um, yeah. So th- yeah, that's really, I love that idea. Um, do you have any final tips for us? Um, I guess I just have the one that if you, if you don't have the planner brain, and I think even if you don't, like I don't, um, naturally it does help to, to incorporate some, but you can actually plan to use that spontaneity to your advantage. So for me, that looks a lot like leaving open days toward the end of the season, because if I get to like December 18th and December 19th, like you said, is the last day of school and I haven't planned for any teacher gifts, I need some white space, Mm -hmm. right? If, if like giving to the teachers is important to me this year, I'm going to need a few hours. I'm going to need to be in a good mindset where I don't feel stressed to pull that off. Um, and so leaving like lots of white space on the calendar and just not really having much going on, especially like that last week of the kids school, mm-hmm. I find really helpful because you can use that time that they're at school. If your kids are in school or in daycare or whatever, you can use that in a lot of different ways. But then you also get like the freedom, like in the evenings of not having a lot planned. And that can sometimes be, you can't really necessarily do that every single day the last week before the holiday yeah. starts. That's a little unrealistic, but having a couple days set aside, um, I think is really helpful. And I guess I also think it's fine if some gift giving happens sporadically. We already talked about that, mm-hmm. but like, I don't expect everyone in my life to give me gifts every year. They in turn don't expect me to give them gifts every year. And I think that that just opens us up to more spontaneity and doing it when we want to um, and then not having guilt about it or any like obligation or a feeling of pressure. And that I think that can be very intentional. Yeah. It doesn't have to feel like you just never got around to it or you you forgot. It can literally be a conversation that you have. Yes, I totally agree. I love that. Okay, well, that was a lot to cram in. It was. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And thanks again to our sponsor, Privacy Guard. To learn more about them and their digital protection app, visit privacyguard.com. Yes, thanks so much to Privacy Guard and thanks everybody for listening. We will be back here tomorrow with part two in the series. Talk to you then. Bye.